Hi everyone, welcome to Oscar Wilde, a podcast about film always counting down to this week's Oscars. I'm Nick Rukraut. And I'm Sophia Simonello. It's always a quick escalation at the end of the season, but I'm mm-hmm. so glad we're here. This is our final episode before the Oscars, final in quotes, because we'll be giving our predictions, but we know those always change until the very last moment, like day of. So we have a few of those categories here. I mean, some will kind of fly through, but I'm excited to go over these today. And we have a special guest with us, too. Yeah, so we are so excited to welcome back Joyce Ang, Senior Editor at Gold Derby. She was previously on our second award season fantasy draft with Kevin Jacobson, who was a previous guest also this Contender series. And it's sort of our tradition to have Joyce back for our final Oscar predictions to get some wisdom from her and talk through these categories. So welcome back, Joyce. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me back. Wisdom in quotes. <laughs> Love doing this as your last episode before the big show. And I, again, the day of WGA. <laughs> oh my <Yeah>. God, always. <laughs> we love to have quotes in there too. Like, oh, well, you know, for tonight's guild, like whatever happens, we'll see, I guess. I guess we'll see. That's None of us were WGA. predicting Don't Look Up last year at WGA. <laughs> Oh, it's such a painful memory for me. I remember exactly where I was in my apartment when I found out that Don't Look Up won WGA and that all my dreams of PTA winning original screenplay were suddenly out the window. So I'm not as invested. I don't know about you, Joyce. I don't know like how, you, how you're feeling this season, but I, there's something about this season where I'm not as, not invested, maybe that's the wrong word, but... Last year, I was such a big fan of The Power of the Dog, and this year, I'm just sort of appreciating everything at a distance, which I feel like is healthy for me going into the night. So how are you feeling about this season overall? Um, Same. I mean, I have my favorite films and performances, but I typically try to keep that distance, like not get too invested in everything, because at the end of the day, it's not that big of a deal. It's like we're trying to predict which famous person is going to get a little golden (laughs) statuette. So like, it's not that big of a deal guys. And like some people get so invested and so angry and so aggressive and like calm down. I think, you know, phase two, I usually find boring Mm -hmm. because usually we know what's going to win a lot of categories. But like you said, like this year is kind of exciting in phase two because a lot of especially top categories are still up in the air and close And we don't have any acting sweeper this year. So that's fun. Even though like picture and director are pretty much settled at this point. Mm -hmm. That's a good reminder as we go into our predictions, I think. And just for listeners, like just be calm. Everything will be okay. This is an industry that we're not a part of. At this point, I know they usually never pick my favorite. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm just used to it at this point. I'm just like, sure. It's just like fun to watch and talk about, I think. I was going to ask, are, are those favorite movies and performances like slated to win or are they not? So is that why you're distanced? Um, I don't know. Like I love Tar, but I never in a million years thought it would ever win Best Picture. Like obviously it's all about Kate Blanchett, you know, and she could still win. But I also don't really care if she wins or not. Like it'll be great if she did win because it's an amazing performance. But yeah like it it doesn't really matter to me 
if she like she doesn't need a third oscar you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah. um so and then like i also love banshees which at this point is like lucky to win one so i hope it does but yeah i don't know failments i also really like but it's like probably not gonna win anything yeah. i know <laughs> those are all some of our favorites too like i i love all three of those which is why phase one is usually such an exciting thing for me because I'm like, oh, the critics are aligning with me. Like we're celebrating the movies that I like and then we get to phase two and I'm just like, okay, just give them something or I at least just have this little movie as something of my own that I can appreciate with or without an Oscar. Yeah, as a, like phase one is also fun because you're trying to figure out the other nominees, right? And now yeah. you're just trying to pick one thing. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't expect the Golden Globes to be, like, my ceremony this year. Like, those were the most exciting winners. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. I also remember um, talking to someone the day after the Globes, cause, uh, and they were like, Sophia Women's is winning the Oscar, right? I was like, oh, no, it's not. Like, that doesn't really mean anything. That stat is out the window this year. Was voting in, like, the December vibes, when it was still kind of, like, Fableman's mm-hmm. was the runner so to speak you know i mean yeah, at I least i like, got something this season yeah i feel like timing was super important this year or things just were a bit more spread out and that's why we have like distinct winners from ceremonies in november or december january february so yeah it will be but, wild if, if it doesn't win anything at all being the tiff winner mm-hmm. that was the big thing last year with belfast i was like it can't win and people are like it has to win something because it won the audience award PTA. Oh, sadness. <laughs> okay, we need to get to this season so I don't start crying. <laughs> we already triggered your PTSD already. Truly, yeah. I'm long gone already. <laughs> so the way this episode will work is the way we've done it in the past too. So we'll go through different groupings for the categories. So we'll start with in the bag, certain categories that we think are just totally locked come Oscar night. And then we'll go into toss-up, where maybe we'll have some different answers on what may happen. And then anybody's guess, which I'm excited to talk about these, because, yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen. And then we will finish the episode with Best Picture, even though I think we can all agree that would be an in-the-bag category. But it's fun to end on that note. So just to start out, we have Best Visual Effects. Our nominees here are All Quiet on the Western Front. Avatar The Way of Water, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Top Gun Maverick. Do we all have Avatar The Way of Water? We do. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what else there is to say. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Congratulations to Weta. Truly. Yeah. It's it's just like, it's what we talked about on our Contenders episode. It's just the largest scale achievement in visual effects and there just nothing really comes close to it in the category as an alternative this is probably the biggest lock of the night Mm -hmm. yeah a record-breaking number of nominations at the visual effect guild i was like whoa and it technically didn't lose anything because the categories or like the nominations it lost yeah (laughs) it was it had multiple nominations in a category i was like wow yeah I was kind of surprised Black Panther made it in because they didn't do the first one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say Doctor Strange had the better visual effects of the Marvel movies last year. 
I completely agree. It really was just the year of underwater filmmaking, I think. <laughs> it was the whales. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the year of the whales. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> not all I, I really like, we'll like the whales in Avatar. Like, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm not a big Avatar person. I can't remember even watching the first movie. Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of dreading watching this because I was like, it's more than three hours long. I hate long movies. And then I get to the screening and it's in 3D and I hate 3D because I don't like yeah. things like coming at me. <laughs> and then also my goggles were fogging up in the screening because I was oh, wearing no. a mask. Uh-huh. So I was just like breathing into my goggles and I had to keep cleaning them. But I was completely into it from like the second hour on, especially the third hour. I was like, this is amazing. Now mm-hmm. I was like this, I was mm-hmm. emotionally invested in the whales. Excuse me, the tokun. So I'm, I'm glad it'll be an Oscar winning film. Me too. Yeah, I felt the exact same way going into it. I was like, I'm going to get a migraine. I can't, I can't do this 3D film. But I ended up really liking it, especially the last two thirds. Yeah. James Cameron, he, he knows how to bring it. So he does. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get into animated feature. Our nominees here, we have Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. I think another one here, we've almost had like a true sweeper with Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. So do either of you have anything different? No, I do not. This is a pretty easy one too, like visual effects, I think, where it almost seemed locked from the start, like before awards were even given out, I think. Yeah, um, especially because the Pixar films kind of flopped or, Mm -hmm. you know, Lightyear especially. Um, And I think people really wanted Turning Red to do better than it has and it hasn't i have puss in boots in second but i don't think i can do it i do love puss in boots last wish yeah i think if pinocchio wasn't here it could definitely have won because for a dreamworks picture i feel like it's just so much fun and it honestly just turns the puss in boots like character on its head and like the way it references Shrek. I just totally love this movie. I feel like it, it needed a year um, like the Spider-Verse year when, you know, no one was really asking for Incredibles 2. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Spider-Verse just took off. But I also feel like they're just kind of lazy with this category. Remember a couple years ago when people thought Klaus could beat Toy Story 4 when it seemed like no one really cared yeah. about Toy Story 4? Yeah. And then they just checked off Toy Story 4. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, I did like Pinocchio, and the animation is gorgeous. So it'll be a good winner. It'll be Netflix's first win here. So Yeah, I love stop motion, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's only going to be the second stop motion to win, right, after Wallace and Gromit. That's crazy. Amazing. I feel like more stop motion movies should win here, but again, it's always the Disney, Disney Pixar mm-hmm. <laughs> winner. They've had, what, like 11 wins or something? It's crazy. Maybe too many. Okay, next we have international feature. Our nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Argentina 1985, Close, EO, and The Quiet Girl. Do we all have BAFTA winner All Quiet on the Western Front? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. This feels like a pretty easy one, too, just with how well that movie has done and i think of you know netflix had such a strange year this year like it felt like it could be bardo like all of these different movies and then we ended up here with all quiet on the western front but they've really picked it up i think in 
in phase two with the campaign and it's doing really well with voters. I mean, that's all they really have left. Yeah, <laughs> true. Mm-hmm. I do. I do love how it just kind of organically happened for them. Like, yeah, they obviously had other priorities at the start of the season that did not take off and people just discovered this and decided they liked it and voted for it. So, you know, I wouldn't say it's my favorite of this. I would vote for EO because I just love a, a donkey. Me too, Joyce. I would also vote for EO. I loved EO and he's oh, so cute. All the different donkeys that played EO too, they all deserve their own little, like a juvenile award, like the old Oscars. And they give, yeah, we need yeah. it back just for just for the donkeys who played EO. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had like, you know, remember for, or not remember, but like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, they had the little like oh yeah her oscars for the dwarves mm-hmm. so they should do that for the donkeys this year including jenny oh i love yes. i love that idea there was a time for this category that i had no idea what was going to happen i thought with the golden globe like maybe argentina 1985 could go there but then with bafta when all quiet not only took the top prizes but their foreign film award i was like oh this is like absolutely winning there's no chance those brits and they also did well on the short lists, remember, in December. And then, but then it was just kind of like, oh, is this going to be one of those movies that overperforms on the short list, but doesn't actually get the nominations? Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. it did get the nominations. Yeah, it was like, is this No Time to Die, part two? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this one's for Germany. Next up is supporting actor. Our nominees here we have Brennan Gleason in The Banshees of Inishirin, Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway. Judd Hirsch in The Fablemans, Barry Keoghan in The Banshees of Inishirin, and Kihoi Kwan in Everything Everywhere All at Once. This was our one almost sweeper of the season. So do we all have Kihoi Kwan? Yes. It's funny because it just, it really has always been him. Yeah. It's just funny how, like, it just kind of happened that, like, everyone just agreed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I remember back in the summer when I was, doing like you know very early predictions and i was like i don't know who else is gonna be here but i'll just put him in first and then everyone just kind of agreed that we're just gonna award him like i you know i think the comeback thing is part of it too Mm -hmm. and you know he has everyone's favorite line from the movie Mm -hmm. so i don't even know it was like a thing where they felt like this was the easiest place to reward the film with an acting win but yeah, it was just a lot of like rubber stamping. Like I'm I'm kind of shocked that he actually swapped the critics. But it was yeah. just like everyone was just in the tank for this, so sure. I wouldn't say I was like happy he lost the BAFTA, but it made things more interesting. Um right. and I'm glad that Barry got something this season for that performance. Yeah. I love that performance too. So I was I was happy he won the BAFTA because I did want him to win something this yeah. season. With what's interesting with supporting actor this year, I feel like is, you know, Killers of the Flower Moon got delayed. So those supporting actor hopes went to next year. And then movies like The Fablemans and Banshees had doubles. Like not that made it all the way, but two people for each film that you could pick from, which I feel like it's hard to like form a consensus when you have that sort of support for a movie in one category. So he really did... And that's not the only reason why, but he he just rose above that, being the sole person in his movie for this category too. Yeah, I mean, at one point I had double Banshees, double Fablemans 
mm-hmm. predicted and him. So <laughs> yeah, such a weird uh, category this year. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm glad Brian made it in because I love that performance and I would vote for him of these. And I was so scared we were going to get like another like J.K. Simmons filler nominee. Mm-hmm. Oh, me too. I was like, I don't think they'll actually do Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> <laughs> like that Please. just always felt like a SAG thing. So I'm glad they actually had taste and went with Brian. Me too. Like I never, I was so excited that he got nominated and I never predicted him because I just had this, that JK Simmons performance mm-hmm. in the back yeah. of my head. I was like, does this branch have good taste? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like from the best picture nominees, because those are the big ones here apart from Causeway, the only one we could have really gotten was Ben Wishaw, but that like absolutely didn't pan out at all this season. <laughs> so it was like, he's kind of done, but I'm just happy. It wasn't Tom Hanks from Elvis. Like that's the only big <laughs> supporting performance that could have happened and I was so scared for a while because people like... love Elvis too mm-hmm. yeah but I felt like once he didn't make SAG I was like okay he probably won't make I ended up predicting Brad Pitt like I wouldn't have really cared if he gotten in like that's not like on the levels of like a J.K. Simmons no offense to J.K. Simmons yeah I don't know I mean it's not as wild as like you know them doing like Keith Stanfield here no leads oh my god him. <laughs> no that's crazy still, fraud <laughs> that's still the craziest thing that's happened in a yeah. long time <laughs> incredible i think that year i was predicting alan kim in that slot i was like i don't know no wait i think i did <laughs> I that too that. Like, who else is there? <laughs> the uh, tear-filled speech yeah. oh, oh my god, god. Yeah. oh Adorable. so cute what a good movie too mm-hmm. all right moving on to documentary feature This one, we maybe could have put in another category. We'll see. But our nominees are All That Breathes, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, House Made of Splinters, and Navalny. Do we all have Navalny? Yes. Mm -hmm. I was kind of surprised yesterday at the Spirits that All the Beauty and the Bloodshed won there. But I don't think that has enough pull for the Oscar. It's a totally different voting body, too. Yeah, that's just like film Twitter because anyone can... (laughs) pay the fee and vote i i said this on like my podcast with chris rosen but i'm just going with navalny because it just feels like another icarus and my octopus teacher Mm -hmm. yeah i made the same icarus comparison on our show too it was just like when i watched navalny that's what i was thinking of i was like oh this is the type of pretty straightforward political documentary that has like thriller elements in it timely yeah that anyone can vote for like all the beauty and the bloodshed i loved that would be my pick but that always had its detractors and people who didn't really understand like the structure of it and how the two stories interacted and this just feels like it's the right down the middle pick plus with pga yeah yeah i also um i like fire love too and you know like last year with summer of soul overcoming the archival footage i was like it has a chance here but yeah no not after those wins for navani so there was some early award season love for all that breeze and fire of love i mean that has been sustained pretty well too so i was almost worried but yeah i think navani has the edge here it while we get nominees with environmental themes, I feel like political and more dramatic or serious takes 
the edge in the end and wins. Yeah, especially we have the whole body voting. I love yeah. all that beefs too, but I feel it's so gorgeous. Um, but I feel like it's a little bit too contemplative for the overall body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think if a house made of splinters went more into the political aspects, maybe it would have a chance here. It was kind of the surprise nomination, but the way the filmmakers talked about this being filmed in Ukraine before the invasion was like, whoa, because during the movie, you have to really kind of correct how you're thinking about it because they're like, the children are safe. Don't worry. Enjoy the movie. And it's like, okay, wow, I need a second. Yeah, that was definitely the surprise one. But it also made sense in hindsight how it got in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, next up, we have Best Director. Our nominees here, we have Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Todd Field for Tar, Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inishirin, Ruben Usland for Triangle of Sadness, and Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. We've had a late-season sweep. Uh, the Daniels took Critics' Choice, DGA... I mean, the film has also won so many awards. I feel like we all have the Daniels. Yes. There's just no number two. No. <laughs> a huge margin. Yeah. Not to say like they don't deserve it, but there's just like no consensus alternative to them. Yeah. And without Edward Berger here having won BAFTA, I mean, if he were here, maybe we could talk about that. But I think it's still the Daniels in the bag. Do you think if there was like another week of voting, Berger would have made it? Yeah, I don't know how much time, but I feel like, yeah, he would have overtaken Uslan for that fifth spot. I'm so torn on this because I just like part of me does think, yes, like if this movie was such a big hit, especially with international voters, it could have made it in it. You know, he won at BAFTA. But then I go back to the fact that Usland has two Palm Door wins, and that just feels more like something that this branch would do, as opposed to Berger, who was effectively at that point known as a German TV director. Yeah, it's, I mean, I did end up predicting Berger because I don't know who to put there, and it felt like their highbrow international slot was kind of fulfilled by Todd Field, even though he's obviously American. <laughs> Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's just like that vibe of tar you know and just the movie in general is a lot more middle brow than triangle of sadness so it did make sense that like uslan got in because it leaned more into like the taste that the branch has shown us especially the past couple years but yeah it's clearly the weaker film <laughs> to all quiet yeah so i don't know if he would have made it in with more time Maybe I don't know. Like they that that branch, I love that branch so much because they just do their own thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just snub so many people. You think will make it in. So, but this year was kind of different because we just had like four locks basically. Yeah, um, and we knew Joseph Kaczynski was not making it <laughs> from DGA. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Daniels have really lucked out that there's no consensus second. And even though like Spielberg won the Globe, I was like, I don't. Like, it always felt like a Scorsese-Hugo win to me there. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he's going to win the Oscar because by that point, Fablemans had been fading too. Yeah, I really was hoping that Todd Field could somehow win this because I feel like he deserves it. He like, directed, I think Tar is the directorial achievement of the year. And I would 
have loved to see that win because I think it, it does sort of make sense if you're considering everything else, but he just hasn't won anywhere. So I can't predict him. So it just feels like this is a win for the Daniels because you're right. There isn't a clear second place. And that film has sort of benefited from that this year of not having a clear runner up in many of the categories. Were you one of those people who were predicting Todd at BAFTA? I was. (laughs) (laughs) I was very hopeful and then promptly let down. Yeah. I think I I had the Daniels and then Todd one too. I don't even know where I had Burger. (laughs) Honestly, probably in fourth after Martin McDonough. (laughs) But I don't know. I mean, that could have also just been, you know, a total BAFTA thing going hard on All Quiet. But yeah, Todd has not won anything uh, hugely significant besides like, you know, critics awards. So Mm -hmm. I, I do think if for the winners, it was just the directing branch voting, then he could win with all the mm-hmm. praise he's gotten from hugely famous auteurs, directors. So, but yeah, with everyone voting, I think it's just the Daniels. Okay, next we have Best Sound. Our nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, The Batman, Elvis, and Top Gun Maverick. Do we all have Top Gun Maverick here? Yes. It also won cast last night. Yes, to go with Golden Reel, so... It feels right. And I think it'll come up more maybe in editing, what we think there. But yeah, this one is also another one that sort of felt locked up for most of the year. Yeah. And I think people were kind of worried because of like the editing stat and then also like All Quiet winning BAFTA and being a war movie. But now with it winning the two guilds, I feel comfortable sticking with it. I feel like with more time, maybe Everything Everywhere could have shown up too. If it were a nominee, I feel like this would be a lot closer of a race than it is. I mean, maybe in second we have All Quiet just because of all of its nominations, but I don't really have a clear ranking for these five. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like All Quiet and then, I mean, honestly, maybe like Elvis just because, you know, music. Mm -hmm. The mix. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do think if there were still two categories that everything everywhere would have probably made sound mixing and Top Gun would have made both. Yeah. So, I, don't I, know. So I miss too. the two categories. Yeah, I really do too. It was nice having both of them. And yeah. you know, you get another, I think anytime you give out another Oscar, it's, it's good, especially in a below the line category. Yeah. And it's also weird to hear that it was the sound branch that wanted the one category. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I also feel like, you should, even though they don't do a good job at all of explaining it on the broadcast it's like these are two different <laughs> disciplines exactly <laughs> like well, i know sometimes one movie wins both but like they're mm-hmm. two different things yeah <laughs> okay next up we have best production design our nominees here are all quiet on the western front avatar the way of water babylon elvis and the fablemans do we all have babylon yes i do yeah they love old Hollywood. Yeah, and it's just won pretty much everything so far. Yeah, great sets, beautiful sets. I do yeah. wonder how close it was to a Best Picture nominee or nomination. I do too. I, yeah, I always like want to think it was number 11. Maybe that was The Whale, but I don't want to live in that world. <laughs> it, the Whale underperformed more than Babylon did. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, and Babylon got the SAG nomination 
That's a good know. point. It's also less depressing. Than the world. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For a while there, I in the beginning, I had um, Elvis or Catherine Martin do another double. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think she'll only get one this year. Yeah, that's exactly how, how I was. I was like, oh, she'll get production design and costume design again. But I feel like with everything Babylon's won this year, and it just feels more in line with what they've gone with in this category recently, I just had to pick Babylon. Yeah. Um, and then these others, I don't know. I mean, like Avatar, like that was, you know, cool. It, it lost the guild <laughs> to everything everywhere, which is not even nominated here. Mm-hmm. And then Fablemans, I actually predicted this nomination because I took out Black Panther. <laughs> yeah. No, this was this was a good one too, where I was I was proud of myself for <laughs> predicting it. Those those sets, I feel like it will it hit the right precursors with the guilds, I think. And yeah. then those sets too for for Spielberg, like all of the different homes and yeah. for all and of the period. little the movies he made. Mm-hmm, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always. Yeah, and I felt like with Black Panther, they may have unfairly compared it to Avatar mm-hmm. with underwater stuff, and maybe also feel like how many new elements even though there's like a whole section underwater like how many new elements versus the first film yeah Um, all right our favorite category original song our nominees are applause from tell it like a woman hold my hand from top gun maverick lift me up from black panther wakanda forever natu natu from rrr and this is a life from everything everywhere all at once do we all have natu natu yep I currently have it, but I want to change it to something, but I don't know what I would change it to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Because I don't think it's winning, but I don't know what I would change to. It feels like another who's a Vic to me. I agree. Hmm. I feel like the support for RRR was so big and it sustained itself too. I looked at the AMC Showtimes recently and they had this celebration with like rr in the middle whatever you know those screenings they have and it was like everyone was sold out like they're still selling out screenings which is crazy to me so i don't know the the support always shocked me with this movie that i was like okay not to not to has to win because i feel like the other songs especially hold my hand and lift me up kind of underperformed with audiences so i wasn't necessarily thinking even though they are superstars behind them gaga and rihanna that they would just be shoo-ins to win either do you think there's a possibility that this could be a surprise win for everything everywhere all at once given the support of the film i've thought about that like like it's another fight for you because it's Mm -hmm. the strongest film in the lineup because already the nomination was a surprise like in both music categories so yeah because i i feel like a lot of the support for rr is just very much on the internet and I don't know if that's commensurate with the actual industry support. Like, I think there, mm-hmm. there are a lot of industry folks that like it, but the entire Academy, like almost all 10,000 members, having no other reason to watch this movie when it's not nominated in any other category, like, are they going to watch it for this song? Even though it has the best use of a song in a film of these nominees, you know, it's like mm-hmm. it's actually part of the movie um, in a great sequence. And it's like, it just reminds me of Husevich because like that was also part of the movie, but they had no other reason to watch that movie. So I don't know. But I don't, yeah, again, I don't know who I would go to. And I guess like if you go by the strongest movie theory, then it's everything everywhere. I might change mine to everything everywhere. I might do it live. I might just 
just lock it in. <laughs> yeah, because I agree. Because like, you know, lift me up and hold my hand are fine. Yeah, <laughs> like totally mm -hmm. solid songs, but neither of them, neither is a shallow or all the stars. And then you have another Diane Warren nomination. <laughs> like not to not to has really won everything it needs to, but. I also don't know if this is a category where voters pay attention to that. Exactly. Yeah. It's like kind of like last year too with No Time to Die, a song I still haven't heard. But <laughs> like apparently they're just like on a bond kick now. Mm -hmm. Like in that case, like that song had also been out for almost two years or yeah. over two years. So I think like it was something they have heard and that movie was seen. So I don't think like they had any competition like Billie Eilish, um, even though that had, you know, other stars in the lineup too. But I don't know, like the last couple of winners, yeah, Fight For You. I guess that's the like the closest comp to this. I don't know, like Rocketman winning wasn't really a surprise. I mean, that's Elton John too. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, David Byrne is really well known too. Yeah, I don't know. It's also funny how as of right now, uh, all of these are going to be performed except for Hold My Hand. <laughs> Gaga's busy. <laughs> she is. I also love that she just did not campaign at all when I think a lot of people thought she would go hard campaigning and she's just like, mm -hmm. I don't care. No. I do feel like, I think Hold My Hand has won the second most awards of like all those random regionals. Mm -hmm. Do not, do not, do. But again, I don't think that really matters. So, yeah. I need a surprise in one of these categories. <laughs> I'll be curious to know how many Oscars you'll have everything everywhere winning by the end of this. Yeah, that. that's well, that's another thing, too. <laughs> what if it's finally Diane's year? That's also possible. I mean, it could be. She got the honorary Oscar. Now she can finally win competitively. Okay, let's move on to our next category. We have toss up. Our first category here is cinematography. And our nominees include All Quiet on the Western Front, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar. So Joyce, what do you have for cinematography? I have All Quiet, pretty much by default. <laughs> mm -hmm. Although I would vote myself for Tar. Yeah, I also have All Quiet on the Western Front. I put a little sad face next to it in the outline because I would love for Tar to win here. But I, I can't go with the indie spirit win last night, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have to go with BAFTA. And I they like movies that look like this. It's just... Yeah, it's a, a pretty. Yeah. Pretty photography. Pretty photography outside. I would like a surprise here for Tar, like when we thought Nomadland was going to win and then Mank won. But I don't think that's exactly a good comp. So I'm going to stick with All Quiet. Do you think yeah. Top Gun would win if it were here? Hmm. That win never made sense for me, honestly, throughout the season. I was kind of shocked that critics were going for it in that way, because I always expect them to be a little bit more creative, especially with text. Like, give EO a win or something like that with cinematography. A lot of rubber stamping. Yeah, but the fact that that's not here was a big deal, I think. But yeah, if it were here, I think I would still be going with All Quiet. I was kind of surprised that Elvis didn't take any, especially since it could have been Mandy Walker, like the first female cinematographer to win. And again, the love for Elvis, but it didn't really take home anything. So sadly, yeah, it's just all quiet facing off against itself. 
part of um, me thought like thinks Elvis could happen somehow like this category does feel sort of open in that way that if it's not all quiet it could be just something else random and if if it's another movie it would be Elvis or Tar I think because they have the most support I can't imagine Deacon's winning another one for that's this a total movie. filler no <laughs> yeah <laughs> and Bardo has no support anywhere else and it's long so I don't even know if people watched it yeah um I mean ASC is tonight too mm-hmm. and Top Gun is there yeah, so, I was going to say, my question was, if Deacons, Kanji, or Walker win it ASC today, then what? Does your answer change? Well, like, All Quiet is not at ASC. Right. So It's just and, those three and, overlapping. Yeah, but it won BSC. So, yeah, I don't think I would deviate from All Quiet if Top Gun does not win mm-hmm. tonight. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, not, like, I agree. Like, they could have really driven home the first female DP to win with Elvis. And I do think Baz Luhrmann is, uh, has been trying to do that. But it, yeah, it hasn't really won anything or taken off. I guess, you know, maybe if she somehow wins tonight, that would help. But I, I don't know if it would actually translate to the Oscar. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like maybe some of the conversation around Elvis has also been blunted because even though the industry obviously clearly likes it I think a lot of you know film twitter does not like it and like did Mm -hmm. not want it nominated for cinematography but yeah I'm gonna I'm just gonna stick with all quiet okay on to original screenplay we have the Banshees of Inisherin, everything everywhere all at once the Fablemans Tar and Triangle of Sadness Nick what do you have you can go first I have everything everywhere. This is really close and maybe kind of dependent on WGA, but but the thing there is that it's probably going to win. And since Banshees isn't there, it's not really a fair competition because with Banshees winning BAFTA, I mean, again, like we kind of expected that to happen too. So it's not like we have a true mark of what is really in the lead. Because everything everywhere has taken all of the American awards, basically, in every way. So I'm leaning everything everywhere just because of all that support. But the other side to that is that it kicks out multiple films of even getting one win, which also seems a little crazy. And maybe I just can't predict which film that's going to be. Joyce, what do you have? I currently still have Banshees, but I'll probably switch to everything everywhere. And it's going to win at WGA tonight. Mm-hmm. And I think it would still win if Banshees were eligible at WGA, just because the Americans have gone hard for it. Mm-hmm. I haven't decided how many Oscars everything ever is going to win, because we haven't had a Best Picture winner sweep really since The Hurt Locker, which won six in the preferential era. So I'm just like, how many Oscars is this movie going to win? Because its floor is three Oscars, picture director and supporting actor. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it can win, like we just talked about song, it can win that. Yeah. Too. It could definitely win original screenplay. And I feel like it could just be like the Birdman year when a lot of people thought they would spread the wealth and give um, Richard Linklater something. And they didn't. And it was just all for Birdman, uh, like picture director and screenplay. 
and I can see it happening for everything everywhere as well just like they just love this movie and they're gonna vote for it down the line and it is the most original of these and I think you know sometimes they do prioritize like the high concept over actually the the better written and more writerly script like Jojo Rabbit over Little Woman and I think that could happen here too so I'll probably switch to everything everywhere yeah (laughs) yeah I've I've been convinced to change to everything everywhere I mean as much as it hurts me in this category in particular because I just think that Tar and the Banshees of Inisherin are just incredible achievements in writing that should win absolutely like I would give a win to either of those before I would give it to everything everywhere but my opinion in this category doesn't matter it never has and never will and they usually go for a film that's writing I don't love as much and I think that the Birdman comparison is what I keep thinking of too in that I wanted Boyhood to win something that year so badly and I remember predicting it to win screenplay and being wrong so I think I need to go with everything everywhere as well and the only reason why I wouldn't is because I keep going back to BAFTA rejecting it outright Mm -hmm. except for editing which is just a weird choice I don't know what all of that means except that Yes, you can say that they love war movies and that's why they loved All Quiet on the Western Front, but they had plenty of opportunities to give everything everywhere one of their wins in a locked up category and they didn't. So I just don't know if that comes through here or somewhere else. And I think where I am right now is it's going to come up somewhere else, not in screenplay. Yeah, I think there is seemingly a divide between the affection that um, Americans have for everything everywhere and the international pool too because it also didn't win anything at the actors the Australian Oscars Mm -hmm. which is pretty young but you know it's still like industry and I feel like everything everywhere's performance at the Oscars might meet in the middle between like the love fest that Americans have for it and then you know like the almost complete rejection Mm -hmm. (laughs) that international voters have for it and yeah again it's like trying to figure out like how many will actually win or or it could just like win a whole ton of stuff but I feel like it might even out but I think it might still clinch this one like I agree I would vote for Banshees probably over Tar but I would definitely rank both of those before everything everywhere like I think it's a, a fine script And I think people are just kind of like taken by the emotionality of the film and then like the creativity of it. But like as a script, I think Banshees is a better script. Um, But again, with like the whole membership voting and how much they seemingly love it, I think they'll just vote for it here. So we we have uh, your favorite Belfast. Oh my God. (laughs) 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 Oh, Belflop. Yeah, I'm... I'm happy that I think that everything everywhere script is better than that. Yes, it's true. I mean, even I, do, I love it. the writing categories too. So I think they've, even if some of the winners are not my favorite of the year, I they've done pretty well here uh, with the exception of Green Book and last year. <laughs> so I mean, even comparing to 
Coda winning over the power of the dog last year, you know, best picture front runner versus like really great script. I feel like that could happen here with everything everywhere over Banshees too. Yeah. I know it's adapted, but still like same concept. I just remembered that Coda won over Drive My Car as well. Wow. That's the tar nomination. So maybe yeah, it is kind of aligned. (laughs) You know how you're like scarred by don't look up winning WGA. I'm sorry by Coda winning adaptive screenplay at BAFTA because that's when I was like, it's over. <laughs> that was a moment, truly. I I remember that too, being like, oh my god. I was like, is this a typo? I was like, do you mean supporting actor? Like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to film editing. The precursor is the Ace Awards, which are tonight. Our nominees here are the Banshees of Inishirin. Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. Uh, Sophia, what do you have here? I have Everything Everywhere All at Once because it won the BAFTA. I keep thinking, actually for many reasons, but the BAFTA win was what I needed to see there. They, like I said, rejected this movie everywhere else, but here. So it shows at least some support for it. And I, you know, there's a tempting thing here to go with Top Gun Maverick because of the sound editing stat. I know editing really tripped us up last year because Dune hadn't really won anywhere and then it won the Oscar, maybe because it won sound too. I also think voters were just lazy last year with Dune and just checked it down the ballot. And they could be that way with everything everywhere too, but I actually think that the editing here is one of its best aspects and It's really creative and it is that type of flashy editing that people go for. When they think of editing, they think of most editing sometimes. And I think that is also what this film does. Joyce, do you have everything everywhere too? Yeah, I'm going to go there. I've had um, Top Gun this whole time with the stat. But yeah, like Sophia said, it's got the BAFTA and has the most editing. And the editing is such a huge part of the movie. And they love this movie. And so I'm going to do the sound and editing split. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny because like BAFTA also pretty much rejected Top Gun too. They're also kinder to like, you know, fast cars, fast planes, like racing type of stuff. So I don't know, maybe, maybe they just like hated both of them so much that it was just like, you know, pick the one you hate the least <laughs> or something. And it was like everything everywhere because it has the most editing. But yeah, I think that I would just kind of put it over the edge. It's so intrinsic to the movie, too. It's it's not just kind mm-hmm. of like like an Adam McKay type of movie mm-hmm. editing. Where it's just like jumpy over the place, you know? So Yeah. I was happy that Paul Rogers reclaimed the mid-film credit sequence from Hank Corwin and Vice. That was great. So no one can, needs to talk about Vice again. Exactly. <laughs> I do love the editing in Top Gun. Um, I think it was really well done and it's, you know, very sleek and it's not like totally in your face too. Mm-hmm. So it would be a good winner as well, but I'm going to go against the stat. <laughs> I know Paul Rogers won the spirit yesterday too, but I think that BAFTA win for me too is just overwhelming. And yeah, I, I'm predicting everything everywhere for here. And add another one to everything, everywhere, all at once is tab. Mm-hmm. Next, we have original score. Our nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, 
Babylon, the Banshees of Inisherin, everything, everywhere, all at once, and the Fablemans. Joyce, who do you have here? I had Babylon for the longest time, but I think I'm going to wind up with All Quiet. (laughs) (sighs) I know. I'm thinking about that too. Yeah. (laughs) And this is a weird category. This is another one that Everything Everywhere could win. Yeah, it's crazy because Babylon... It's my favorite score of the year. I love it. I listen to it all the time. It, I think, is, for me, like, the best achievement in this category, but it doesn't have a Best Picture nomination, and I know that that matters sometimes with this category. I am hoping, hoping, hoping for it, which is why I have it predicted, but I could definitely, yes, I am hope dicting it. I just, I feel like it's so loud and memorable that it feels like they have to go for it. Whereas All Quiet, I think that's the wise choice because it won the BAFTA and stat-wise it makes sense. But I just can't get over that it just sounds like a Hans Zimmer light type of score. Don't use that name. I mean, now I'm really going to predict it if you say Hans Zimmer. Yeah, I don't know. Nick, what do you have? I have Babylon right now too. I mean, I... It just kind of surprises me that All Quiet and Everything Everywhere are winning certain Guild Awards, and Babylon hasn't lately, but they also love Justin Hurwitz, and I know his wins come for La La Land and not First Man that wasn't nominated, but I don't know. The love for him, I'm like kind of stuck on that, too. I mean, the Globe definitely love Justin Hurwitz. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that being four for four, I don't think we can look at that as the one thing but this may be a day of decision yeah I also don't know I I know some people are concerned about predicting two wins for Babylon because it's not a best picture like winning two out right nominations but I don't I don't think like the voters care or think about that when like Mm -hmm. this is stuff like we think about like they don't care yeah it is by far the loudest score I also think it's the catchiest it is Um, Mm -hmm. yeah it's an earworm score (sighs) i mean and and then we have banshees everything everywhere and the fablemans those are all pretty quiet overall so yeah i love the banshee score but i was gonna i love Mm -hmm. that burwell score it's so good i probably have it last (laughs) (laughs) and i just i mean i had you know john williams as like basically a placeholder for months but i don't and this is like the only place where Fablemans can win something or is like competitive to win something just because it's unsettled but I don't think like they're thinking about let's give him a final Oscar or anything I know I don't know they picked up the campaigning the past couple days that would be a crazy win if the Fablemans like if John Williams just surprised as the big name in the group I mean I guess that could happen if they just they don't care about any of these and then it's like oh i know john williams yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i i don't know because it's like i mean the last couple of winners have been kind of obvious like soul mm-hmm. joker too i guess not black panther but that i it just it felt like that was going to happen uh, i don't know how many am i going to predict all quiet to win then i guess too <laughs> that's the other thing because if it's i don't know if it's a sweep for everything everywhere in a lot of the big categories mm-hmm. like if we have picture director screenplay editing supporting actor we haven't even gotten to actress yet and then all quiet has international feature score and then something else we could discuss 
Like it could it could have a couple too. Yeah, adapted screenplay. Mm-hmm. Perfect transition. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of, let's go there because that'll be another conversation. So adapted screenplay. Our nominees here, we have All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Living, Top Gun Maverick, and Women Talking. So Joyce, what do you have here? I have All Quiet. I would not be voting for All Quiet, but I have it here. WGA's Tonight, where it's obviously ineligible. Um, And I'm not even sure if Women Talking will win that. And I don't know if it wins that. I don't even think I would predict it for the Oscar. It's just completely underperformed the season. I'm very happy it squeaked into Best Picture. And I think for a while there, like right after nominations, people were feeling confident or not confident, but feeling good about predicting it to win Adapted Screenplay because it did get the Best Picture nomination. But, you know, in the weeks since, it's like it hasn't picked up any more momentum from the little momentum it had. And then All Quiet has just completely dominated BAFTAs and even though it hasn't been able to compete anywhere else because in those nominations at the guilds it feels like it's the strongest movie here and it it would be such an atypical winner because it's a war (laughs) film and you know some of the changes they made not the best but I don't know how many people who just like the movie care about that Um, and I'm sure you know most of them are familiar with the book anyway and then the other nominees here, you know, Living, I was very sad I didn't win the BAFTA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but too. I don't think that's happening. I love the Top Gun script and I would absolutely be okay with that winning. I, I think they view like All Quiet more as a writing thing than Top Gun if you're going to compare the two of them. And then Glass Onion, you know, congratulations on the nomination. <laughs> yeah, I feel the exact same way, which is why I have All Quiet on the Western Front. I feel like just being the strongest movie, it is no, not that this matters to voters, but it is known as a classic novel that was adapted into a movie that they clearly loved. I agree. I do not love all of the changes that took place, especially with the Daniel Brule character. I don't think any of that was really necessary, but I just can't bet on women talking. I don't know. I, I guess I would rather just not predict women talking and be happy if it actually wins. Yeah. Yeah. I also have all quiet. I wish Women Talking had a better chance, but yeah, I don't think it does, sadly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We have makeup and hairstyling. Our nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, and The Whale. Joyce, who do you have here? I have Elvis. That won Critics' Choice, two awards at the Guild and the BAFTA. So it's looking pretty strong. I agree. Nick, what about you? Sometimes people look at a leading actor performance. We had Jessica Chastain taking best actress last year and then makeup and hairstyling following suit. It's happened in the past before too, but I think it's going to Elvis here. Yeah. This performer is so iconic and yeah, just done really well this season. And I'm happy it's not just Charlie and the whale and it's not really just Elvis either. I mean, there are multiple people, the hair, Um, yeah there are multiple elements here at play and I think that helps it for sure yeah you want it to be I think ideally a multiple character showcase instead of just one prosthetic piece or one prosthetic you know suit or character 
And the wigs here too are just too good. And I feel like at the wig factory. Yes. Like Priscilla's two-tiered wig. Mm. Incredible. And Elvis is someone also who is known for his hair and she is known for her hair and makeup. So I just, yeah, I, I think it has a lot to offer in the sense that it's also just, it's more across a film that they like more too. And that Mark Coulier magic previous winner known for this. Yeah, I agree. I think there's just a lot more going on in the film itself and with the multiple characters over decades of his life and career. Whereas I think everyone was very eager to jump on the whale because obviously, but I think that is just like mostly the, like the fat suit prosthetics Mm -hmm. really. And yeah, it's just isolated to the Charlie character. No one else. Um, everyone else had you know like normal makeup and I don't even know if it's like if you're gonna talk about like transformation wise like I don't really think he transformed that much outside of the weight Mm -hmm. you know whereas I really think with Elvis with multiple characters you see them become these people that everyone knows and that's aided heavily by the makeup and also the costumes obviously as well so um and yeah like you said it's a stronger movie so i think it'll win out at the end it's already won multiple things on to costume design our nominees here are babylon black panther wakanda forever elvis everything everywhere all at once and mrs harris goes to paris sophia do you have jenny beaven winning I love Academy Award nominee Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. I'm so happy that it's here. But I have Elvis winning the BAFTA, winning Costume Designers Guild. It's period. Catherine Martin is a previous winner. Elvis is, again, sort of with the makeup and hair. Elvis is known for his iconic costumes and looks. So it's also just there are a lot of costumes in this movie. And yeah, I feel like it's the strongest nominee here. Same. I have Elvis for all those reasons. And I think this is a case where a lot of people who were alive during his heyday would remember some of his iconic costumes as well and would just watch and be like, wow, that looks exactly like what he wore that one time. (laughs) (laughs) And they're great costumes. And uh, again, a lot of them. And she is an Oscar fave. I I think it just goes with the whole like package deal here with Elvis and like what it could win of its eight. I never really believed like Black Panther could win here. I remember that was in first place for a very long time, but I just, I kind of feel like they would just view it as a sequel. And it's like, we've seen these costumes before, even though she obviously created new costumes. Like including a new Black Panther suit. So yeah, I don't really see Ruth Carter winning. And then yes, Happy Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris made it. The Babylon costumes, I don't think we're ever going to win. I just, and then Everything Everywhere, the sort of surprise nominee. I guess if it's really going to sweep, it'll win this too. <laughs> it won the, the guild over Black Panther, the fantasy one. So crazy. Yeah, I have Elvis too. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if everything everywhere swept and took this, but I think it has the edge with BAFTA. And again, with makeup and hairstyling, I think that's a good duo 
for it to win. Okay. On to our last group of categories here. We've called these anybody's guess. And we're going to start with the shorts. So documentary short, our nominees are The Elephant Whisperers, Haul Out, How Do You Measure a Year, The Martha Mitchell Effect, and Stranger at the Gate. Joyce, who do you have here? I currently have The Elephant Whisperers. I would vote for Haul Out, but I think I'm going to wind up with Stranger at the Gate. Oh, no. I know. I know. I don't want to do it, but it's giving like two distant strangers and like skin. Nick, what did I tell you about this? Sophia made the same comparison, but I'm like, Two Distant Strangers wasn't that bad. I like kind of enjoyed it or understood what it was doing. Stranger at the Gate is just a total miss for me. I don't know. I, I looked back at lots of years to try to figure out what might win. And a lot of them recently have gone to like a singular female real person that have gone through something horrific or there's some political aspect to it. Nothing environmental has won, at least for a very long time. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to equate that with these nominees here. And to me, like you have the Stranger at the Gay, which is very political. And then you have the Martha Mitchell effect, which is all old footage. And a lot of the ones that have won, you actually have the person present. Like even with Colette, you had her there. And you don't have that, which maybe could hurt this. I mean, you know, saying I'm predicting the Martha Mitchell effect is really just because I liked it and I enjoyed it. And I'm trying to put those elements that have won before into it. But I really don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of scared Stranger at the Gate might actually win this. As much as I want, how do you measure a year to win? It just doesn't have those winning elements like others have. You know, you you mentioned, and I've been very bullish on this, so I've just seen it winning for a while because of the comparison to Two Distant Strangers for me, but also, so you mentioned like a woman who's been through a lot, a political figure being at the center, executive producer Malala. Campaigning her ass off. <laughs> Campaigning on podcasts at the Academy Luncheon, talking to Tom Cruise. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think the heavily predicted one is elephant whispers and i just basically mm-hmm. just put that in there because i had to like just finish my predictions like six weeks yeah. ago <laughs> and yeah i agree i don't think they'll go for a haul out i yeah I, I feel like it's kind of like uh navani here to me i think like it's if they actually watch them who knows if they do i think this is the one that's the easiest for them to respond to a stranger at the gate i don't know I'm always happy if I just get two of the shorts right. And yeah. yeah. (laughs) This year, I'm like, will I even get one? We will see. I know. I guess let's see with live action short. So these nominees, we have An Irish Goodbye, Evolu, Le Pupile, Night Ride, and The Red Suitcase. So Joyce, what do you have here? So I currently have Le Pupile, um, which I think most people have for obvious reasons. But... I think I might end up with an Irish goodbye and not just as an hope diction, but I think this is a, it's very crowd pleasing. And I think this is something that if, again, if they watch it, they might respond to more than late Papile, which just has like, you know, the names and the money behind it. But I think if they watch it, they might go for an Irish goodbye. <laughs> yeah. That one's also easier to watch. It's shorter mm-hmm. and late Papile is long. It's almost yeah. 40 minutes. 
So if they're watching it, they might be tempted to go for the one with the shorter runtime and very clear, relatable message that also might remind them of another movie this year, The Banshees of Itta Sharon. So Irish down, why don't we do Irish down the ballot? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and it did win the BAFTA. I'm sticking with Le Pupile just because of the Alfonso Cuaron of it all and the fact that I've seen it, I feel like everywhere and they are spending money on it, but an Irish goodbye would be my second. And I could switch to that the day before, honestly. I mean, last year, the long goodbye one. So what if they're just going for goodbyes? True. (laughs) That one was much more serious and real and political, but I feel like an Irish goodbye kind of relates to that more than Le Pupile does. I mean, the red suitcase would have been the obvious comparison, but it's just much quieter. But yeah, I'm going for an Irish goodbye. It's funny. It's dramatic. It kind of sums everything up really well. And yeah, I think the shorter runtime also plays in its favor too. How many people do you think actually watch all the shorts? I would guess between 10 and 15% of membership. I'm going really low. (laughs) I know like some voters abstain because they haven't seen it, which I think is the fair thing to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. An Irish Goodbye does have a good title. Yeah, I I sometimes I predict based on the title. Speaking of, animated (laughs) short, (laughs) The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse, The Flying Sailor, Ice Merchants, My Year of Dicks, and An Ostrich Told Me the World is Fake, and I Think I Believe It. Nick, who do you have here? I'm going with The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. I usually don't, and based on history, I really shouldn't. I kind of want to go for My Year of Dicks, over and ostrich told me the world is fake but right now i just there has been so much support and campaigning for the boy the mole the fox and the horse that i think it could and it does have apple behind it which again coda my favorite one is ice merchants but i don't feel as strongly that that could win as much as the others and it's not really because it doesn't have dialogue i don't know it's just either more family-friendly with The Boy, the Mole, or an amazing title with My Year of Dicks. And great animation, too, honestly. It's a great story. Joyce, what do you have? I think I'm going to wind up with Ice Merchants, which is also my favorite. But I think, and it doesn't have the best title of these, but I feel like the the best titles with Between the Ostrich and My Year of Dicks might just cancel each other out. <laughs> but I think it's the more kid-friendly film, and it's gorgeous, and I think... Again, if they watch it, I think more people would like it in comparison to some of these other ones. And then I think The Boy, the Mole, a gorgeous animation, obviously Apple backing, but I think it might be too long. And most of the winners here, going back like 15 years, have been like 15 minutes, which is the runtime of Ice Merchants. And The Boy, the Mole, I think it's like 30 something. So... I don't know, maybe they'll like peace out if they're bored by it. <laughs> and um, It's also very dialogue heavy and they don't really go for that here in animated. And uh, My Year of Dicks is also kind of long too. It's not as long as Boy, but yeah. So I'm not picking the favorites in any of these right now if I wind up with the three I just said, <laughs> which could be a huge mistake. 
I feel like they always surprise us though with at least one. It's it's hard to these are always so hard to predict and trip me up. I would love if Ice Merchants won. That was my favorite of the group too. Yeah. I've heard like so many people just say they like Ice Merchants that I'm feeling like what if it just actually wins? It's like I like Ice Merchants but I think the boy is going to win. But I'm like what if like they just end up voting for that too? Like if they're anything like the people who have watched it, you know, yeah. who are not voting. Like, I don't know anyone who actually likes the boy the mole. I think that one is beautiful. Like, I love the, I love the animation, but I wonder if it's a little long and sleepy for voters, really. And I'm just going with my year of dicks for the name, really. And I think that it's, of the group, the more adult pick. So maybe if they do, if they are watching it and they don't want to vote for something that's super kid friendly or what they would be used to in this category is somewhat childish we don't really have that problem this year but in the past we have with some of the ones that go before the disney or the pixar movies they might be inclined to vote for it but really i am just going off of the title alone yeah i feel like if ostrich weren't here i would probably end up with my year of dicks as well but i feel like they're both kind of pretty great titles mm-hmm <laughs> like I, I predicted heaven as a traffic jam on the 405 before mm-hmm. I even saw it. I was like, that's just a great title. <laughs> yeah. Learning to skateboard in a war zone. If you're a girl. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Let's move on to supporting actress. Another great category. Our nominees here. We have Angela Bassett for Black Panther, Wakanda forever. Hung Chow for the whale. Carrie Condon for the Banshees of Inishirin. Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Stephanie Hsu for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Sophia, who do you have? I have Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inisherin. This is my only win for the movie. And in a way, I think that kind of makes sense. I don't know. It just, for me, she, you can make a lot of comparisons to previous years. I've thought of Tilda Swinton for Michael Clayton often. And seeing Carrie Condon win the BAFTA was enough for me but seeing Angela Bassett lose SAG was even more for me to predict Carrie Condon because I just expected it to be Angela Bassett there and for it to be just this two-person showdown but when Jamie Lee Curtis won there I thought oh that actually does make sense for her to win here that's when I decided to stick with Carrie Condon Joyce what about you I'm going to carry as well um, for basically the same things that you have said. I've also made that comparison to Tilda and SAG should have been a slam dunk for Angela if she were actually super win competitive. And I had always said like way back. So when I, when I saw Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, it was off the back of just a lot of Twitter reviews of people just being completely infatuated of her and saying like she should get an Oscar nomination and I'm like huh and then I saw it and I'm like she's good and you know she has like you know two baby scenes basically one of which we saw in the first trailer which was a great trailer but I was just like this is just you know another great like Angela Bassett performance like I don't see this really winning I don't see this being nominated and then she started getting these nominations and I was like okay, I can see her hitting these precursors. I can even see her winning SAG, but missing the Oscar nomination. And then at a point, I did have her winning SAG, like Emily Blunt, but missing the Oscar nomination. And then the Globes 
I feel like now based on, you know, what's happened in the past two weeks, I think the Globes just made her this like pseudo front runner and, you know, everyone loves her. Like I would love her to be an Oscar winner already. And, you know, she has the stature and it, it would be a total career win. And I think, you know, at, like five days later, she won Critics' Choice, which like, obviously they were going to go there. And, you know, and mm-hmm. a lot of the people who were like tweeting raves about her, you know, are in that group. But yeah, she hasn't won either of the industry awards. And you could argue that she was not expected to win BAFTA because they just don't like Black Panther. And obviously they were going to like Banshees more. Sure. But she should have won SAG. Like there's no excuse her not to win SAG that's totally up their alley they're so populist and mainstream and like middle brow the first movie won ensemble and they love veterans and then she lost to someone else who is a veteran um under rewarded and who is in the stronger movie um and again I was the same way I was like that makes total sense that she won that (laughs) like Jamie Lee Curtis and then yeah so after that I just went back to Carrie because I feel like of the possible wins that everything everywhere can win which is a lot I think supporting actress is the easiest to drop and I just don't really see all three of those SAG wins translating into three Oscar wins which would be insane it would just be the third movie to do that and then I think that was just kind of like you know a a SAG going ham on everything everywhere and then I think it's just going to kind of die down once the AMPIS voters meets with like the other voters international voters and she might also, even though she's shown she could beat Stephanie, Jamie, I think Stephanie will still have her, you know, supporters who could siphon votes. And then Jamie and Angela are obviously going for the same type of legacy votes. So I I would rank, I have the like Carrie, Jamie, and Angela as my top three right now. And I wouldn't be shocked if Jamie won, but I would be pretty surprised if Angela won. <laughs> I don't know. I have Angela right now. It's really between her and Carrie, and I've been going back and forth. Even though Jamie Lee won SAG, I don't really see her winning. It would be a career win, but so would Angela, and really so would Carrie. So it's kind of hard, but I may switch back to Carrie. I was for her most of the season, and then... With SAG, I wasn't surprised that Jamie Lee won. I didn't see it as a huge loss for Angela as much as you guys are talking about, but maybe I should be. I I just feel like that was such an easy win for her because at least Stallone was snubbed at SAG. Yeah. So he couldn't win there, but I don't know. It's, It's just like, it's so populist and like everyone loves her and wants her to win. She's campaigning hard to um obviously so was jamie um my, i don't know my, i think it, it might be fair to call if it was just one of them there like either jamie or angela facing right. off against carrie but i think with both of them there yeah i don't know and I, she also has to overcome like the marvel bias which i think is a thing <laughs> harder yeah my other thing was like oh bafta Ariana DeBose, like, you know, that might help her too. The whole song thing, Angela Bassett. (laughs) But then I looked at the dates and SAG voting still had five days after BAFTA. And I guess if Angela couldn't win, even with that, maybe she doesn't have as much potential as I see her having. So yeah, now I'm leaning towards switching to Carrie, maybe later this week. I mean, SAG voting was also open for a whole month. 
so they had a whole month to vote for her like right after she won the globe and critics choice Mm -hmm. so if um, jamie lee curtis is one of everything everywhere's wins that would be wild (laughs) imagine if like she wins and michelle yo doesn't win (laughs) oh my god i would actually not go on twitter for a month maybe more you know what she worked for it so (laughs) um i i mean i i have no problem with her campaigning her ass off she's and posting on instagram like 12 times a day you know you do what you need to do so mm-hmm. yeah that would be crazy um i don't know and i've also seen the argument that you know neither she nor angela have traditionally oscar-friendly roles and carrie does and i agree um but it's also like in jamie's case like she just has the stronger movie and we haven't really seen a best picture frontrunner this strong that could win above and below the line in a really long time. But I still think that category is the easiest one for everything everywhere to drop. Just also, you could say that Banshees hasn't really been performing that well since it lost um, best film at BAFTA and for Colin Farrell too. But I think it's actually more impressive that they were able to win the supporting categories without the film dominating. So yeah. I, I I guess she could just Carrie could just be like Tilda and in a fractured race and just take this. I don't know. Do you think Michelle Williams would have just swept if she were here? <laughs> yeah, I think I don't know if it would be a full sweep, but I think she would be our winner. It's a big performance. People yeah. could have said like it could be category fraud if they wanted to because it is so big and she does have a bit of screen time, but she has an overdue narrative. She's been nominated before it was sort of preordained that she would win if she was there. But yeah, that's a hard pill to swallow, I'm sure, for her team. But yeah, I think it would have been. Yeah. I mean, she chose to go lead from everything that she has Mm -hmm. said. So, and she's never seen the movie. (laughs) I think she would have wound up winning too. And it would have just been like the second year in a row that a Spielberg film won in Supporting Actress as its only win. But I do like that she is not here because it made this category much more exciting. And then we had, you know, woman talking, flopping. Yeah. Awesome. I had them predicted all year. It was like, oh, Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley. Right. Like, yeah. And then, mm-hmm. nope. Yeah. I also, I stuck to uh, Nina Haas for a while there too. Because I was like a Kate Cotel. Uh, me too. Me too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I felt like, I mean, after Angela won the globe and critics choice i was like she could just go all the way now and sweep because people do want this for her mm-hmm. but that like she should have at least one sag so i just think with like you know the marvel bias and it's wakanda forever has not done as well as the first black panther and that she's up against two people from best picture nominees i feel like that's tougher for her to overcome than it would be if she were competing in like last year's best actress field <laughs> I agree. Okay, let's move on to actor. We have Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inisherin, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nye for Living. Joyce, who do you have? I'm going with Austin. Nick, what about you? Uh, I have Brendan Fraser right now. Who do you have? I have Austin. I have, I think, just if The Whale were in Best Picture... Mm-hmm. I would be more concerned Same. but I think that with the makeup win I feel like BAFTA should have been a really hard place 
for anyone other than Colin Farrell to win. Like that just felt like it was his for the taking. And the fact that they went with Austin there is fairly significant to me. And the movie itself is just stronger. And when in doubt, I feel like you choose the person who has the corresponding best picture nominee. And I know we talk about like young men winning this, but he's not that young. He's, he's 31, which is completely fine. Yeah. <laughs> he would be yeah. the fifth youngest winner, but it's not like he's like a teenager or like Timothy Chalamet young. Yeah. And I also don't agree that he is a breakthrough performer. I think that's also what's maybe affecting people's predictions. Because if you go by like, you know, the Metacritic scorecard, he has not won a whole ton of awards um, because they've mostly gone Colin and then some Brendan. But they also have an out because a lot of these places have the breakthrough category and Austin's been winning that. Like, I agree this is like his first major lead performance, but he's been around for a long time. He's already been in a Best Picture nominee in a very memorable role. Mm -hmm. Um, Very memorable sequence, too. Hex. Um, Yeah. (laughs) He's, He's the devil and he's there to do the devil's business. And he's been acting since he's a teenager. Like, I totally understand if you had never heard of him before Elvis that's fine but just google him people don't google and you'll see that he's been acting since he was a child and sure like nick and disney shows but he's been around and consistently working and i feel like people in the industry are familiar with him he's been on broadway opposite denzel who called in to recommend him for elvis to boz you know and so i feel like he does have support within the industry that's invisible to the public just because he hasn't been in high profile movies outside of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood three years ago. But he's probably just been to numerous auditions and maybe just lost out. Maybe it was like down to him and someone else. But, you know, casting directors would remember him, like producers and directors probably remember him too. So he's been around. So I don't agree that he's too young or too new to win this. And yes, the SAG loss hurt because that's also something that performance and that role is something up their alley, but also so is Brendan's performance too. Like that was just kind of sag bait versus sag bait. Mm-hmm. And sag was always the likeliest place for Brendan to win. Um, that's just totally something sag would go for, <laughs> like the whale. Yeah. And, um, you know, people are amazing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Like the BAFTA win for Austin was huge because I think pretty much everyone had Colin winning that. And I think after supporting wins for Banshees, most people were like, it's Collins. But then immediately his chances just evaporated. <laughs> he lost mm-hmm. that. And I was like, he's not winning. And I always felt like Austin was the only one of the three who could win both BAFTA and SAG because Elvis was so well-liked. Colin could only win BAFTA and not SAG. And Brendan, even though The Whale did better at BAFTA, I felt like he could win SAG, but not BAFTA. Um, so the fact yeah. that like Austin pulled out the Bafton one was huge for him. So he and Brendan have split and he's in the best picture um, nominee and the only person in the provincial era who's won best actor without a best picture nomination is Jeff Bridges and no offense to Brendan Fraser. He's not Jeff Bridges. Um, and that crazy heart also overperformed with a surprise nomination from Maggie Gyllenhaal. So and he swept the season, too. Yeah. yeah. It was overdue. I don't know if you would call Brendan overdue. I think everyone just likes seeing him be around again mm-hmm. and having this career revival. So 
I, I don't know. And so like Chris Rosen always talks about this, but he's like, I don't think there's enough room for two comeback guys because you got him and Key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like Key is like already a lock. So he's like, there's there's not enough room for two comeback guys if you're going to go by narrative. Yeah, and it's not as strong as Key's either. And mm-hmm. that's the only other thing that I'm considering is like, they love Brendan back and they both give these tear-filled speeches, him and Key. And I'm like, okay, I mean, I, I see it. I would understand an Oscar win for him or people just, yeah, kind of putting age on it and saying, okay, Brendan's been around. But yeah, I mean, it's just maybe slightly more in favor of Frazier than Butler for me. Oh, no, I was going to say, I, I've seen people make the Sean Penn make your world comparison because they split, but it's like they're the opposite of who those people <laughs> were in terms of like what they've won. So, um, and Sean Penn was in the Best Picture nominee playing a real person. He's the one who won SAG. But um, I think I think that'll just like give Austin the edge in the end. So, mm. yeah, we'll see. Okay, another big one: Best Actress. Yeah, our nominees here we have Kate Blanchett and Tar, Anna de Armas and Blonde, Andrea Riseborough and Two Leslie. Michelle Williams in The Fablemans and Michelle Yeoh in Everything Everywhere All at Once. So I think seeing such rousing celebration, especially at SAG for Michelle Yeoh, again yesterday at the Spirit Awards, that has me leaning towards her. But again, Kate took home the BAFTA. She took home every other award besides SAG. So who do you both have here? Joyce? Um, I haven't updated this since before SAG because um, I feel like I'm just going to be going back and forth between them <laughs> until mm-hmm. next Sunday. So I still have Kate, but I think I'm going to wind up with Michelle. And then that would give me giving everything everywhere six Oscars. And I could also see it if it doesn't win screenplay and editing i could see it just winning the million dollar baby package of like picture director lead actress and supporting actor like michelle winning at sag wasn't really a surprise because all season long we've expected or either like kate mm-hmm. winning at BAFTA, we expected that split all year so that alone didn't really change anything for me i think the only surprise at sag was jamie winning so the movie won four awards instead of three. And then also the movie's guild performance and how much people or Americans especially love the movie. And there's like no, in best picture, there's no solid runner up. So I feel like that love could trickle down to her. It's weird to say that like, she's going to be carried to a win by the strength of her movie, but she's just in a highly competitive category. Unlike her film in other categories I think Kate can still win and it's not surprising that she lost SAG because I don't think most of SAG-AFTRA would respond to Tar or that performance it's you know quote-unquote colder than everything everywhere and she is quote-unquote or Lydia Tar is quote-unquote like more unlikable and, you know, it doesn't really make you cry, which they love to do. They love to cry. Yeah, so that wasn't shocking to me. I think if she had won SAG, that would just tell us it was never close between them. So I could, I think she can still win without SAG. And th- I guess the argument also for her is that she is really the only viable place for Tar to win. 
Whereas you could say if a voter does want to spread the wealth um, and not go down the ballot for everything everywhere, they could go off of Michelle. So I'm really torn here. And I think I think either Kate or Michelle would both be we'd have one of the greatest winners in the category in years for either of them. So it's sort of a shame that they have to compete in the same year when we've had some dud winners in the past. (laughs) But I, yeah, it's, it's hard for me because I still have Kate because I think that Tar, while it's not as strong as everything everywhere, obviously did overperform with nominations, getting cinematography and editing. I think this performance does appeal to a lot of people. She has been campaigning. She's been winning. And this movie itself and her performance, I do think, will be more appealing to some international voters who like Tar more than everything, everywhere, all at once. And what I'm having a hard time with is, you know, is the momentum real for for Michelle? Yeah. Or does it just live online? Yeah. And what's tricky too is online. Like we always known it's had online support for a full year. And SAG being after BAFTA is interesting. And that almost does make me want to switch to Michelle because her movie is more well-liked. She is the face of the movie. Like, even though she hasn't been winning, like, she is the, she's the lead. Like, she is the one who, if you like this movie, in the same way that if you like Tar, if you like this movie, you like Michelle in it. And I can't really see why you wouldn't vote for her if you were a big fan of the movie oh it's it's it i really will be tearing my hair out over this one Um, i know because like it's like every like couple hours i'm just like no like the other one's gonna win (laughs) yeah and i i went back to you know thinking about birdman i'm like oh is this a case where you know like michael keaton he didn't win somehow and that movie won everything but you know he also lost sag it's so hard and I'm trying to just not think of the internet and just think of like where we are right now. And I think because of that, I'm sticking with Kate, but I could see myself flipping to Michelle. What's interesting in my mind, this is not a great comparison, but it's just in my mind because I've been watching Ozark (laughs) is how (laughs) Laura Linney never won for Wendy Bird because people hate Wendy Bird. Yeah. And People hate women like that in their movies. And like Evelyn is really prickly also in everything everywhere, but she has this like moment in the end with her daughter that makes you cry and you are rooting for her the entire time. Lydia Tar, not so much. So Yeah, my my thing, my theory with the Emmys has always been that like Laura Linney and also Sarah Snook, who I love on Succession, mm-hmm. like give her a million Emmys. But I was just like, they're never winning the Emmy because the men in the Academy are not going to vote for the quote unquote unlikable, ruthless, cold woman. And that's what Wendy Bird and Shiv Roy are. Yeah. And I wouldn't say like Lydia Tarr is as calculated as them. You know, she's problematic, but I think you would enjoy watching her downfall more mm-hmm. in the movie and it's like such a funny movie and the ending is amazing it's yeah <laughs> and it's like she doesn't get rewarded really like she doesn't like quote unquote win at the end you know like wendy bird does some horrific things on that show mm-hmm. yeah and, 
I don't think, you know, like there's, there's a lot of like suggestions or, you know, suggestive, like what Lydia has done, but you know, that, that's what I love about the movie. They never spell it out for you. You just have to right. come to the conclusion yourself. So I do think like some viewers, even if you're not totally on board of the movie or you think she's a total bitch or you don't know what's happening, like, I think you might like seeing where she ends up by the end. It's like she is quote unquote punished. That is true. Yeah. And I agree about like how much of like the seeming momentum shift to Michelle is real. Because again, like I just keep going back, like we expected Kate to win BAFTA and Michelle to win SAG. Yeah. I I feel like most voters just know who they're going to vote for and like what they like. I don't think it's the same as the beginning of the season where maybe they haven't checked out the film yet or they need more time to like sit on it. I feel like you've seen both movies by this point. I mean, you must have seen everything everywhere by this point. And you have already decided whether or not it's your favorite best actress performance of the year. So I don't know if it, like whichever award show being last really matters that much. Like they were only a week apart. And also like how many people are like watching them or like paying attention? That too. Like, yeah. Like we pay attention to them. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like Michelle could easily win and it would be a great moment, obviously. Um, I also feel like Kate wants her to win. <laughs> she totally mm-hmm. does. I bet Kate voted for Michelle. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like it feels like Jennifer Lawrence and Lupita Nyong'o. Like J-Law did not want to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, in her case, she had just won the year before too, but she didn't want to win. So... Yeah, and and yeah, like some best picture winners, you know, they don't carry a, a lead to a win either, like because like every category is different too. But I think she does her film is just so much stronger, and also in the acting categories too than Birdman. I think like the surprise for me this season in this race was Kate winning Critics' Choice because I expected that to go to Michelle just with their voting body, and it's yeah. like half of them Twitter or most of them Twitter voting. So, but I mean, they also want to predict the Oscars too, because that's, you know, their calling card. So I guess maybe at that point, they thought Kate was also winning the Oscar. Because I do believe last year, if they had stayed in January, Casey would have won, not Jessica. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back and forth between this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, like, do you think, you know, this year is the first time we've had no overlap between SAG and BAFTA? So I'm like, I could do two from each. Yeah, because right now, I mean, if I go with Kate, my overlap is one from SAG. And last year, SAG matched perfectly. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, last year, it was also... Yeah. We just had sweepers last year, too, in two of the categories. So, I don't know. But, like, you know, two years ago, SAG went with Chad and Viola. Right. I love that it's close. Yes. And that we don't know. But if they tie, they won't tie. Oh, my God. If they a tie, tie would be perfect. Honestly, um, make everybody happy. No foul discourse. Michelle can't have her moment. You know that. But Kate would you, be like, thank you. Here's Michelle. And she'd like yeah. walk off the stage and let her have like two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Kate would pull a Merritt Weaver. She's like, I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, any chance for Andrea Riseborough? Oh my God. Untested. Except for Spirits. Which is again voted on by phone Twitter. So I just, it's not going to be anyone other than Kate or Michelle. I feel bad because we don't talk about the other three at all. At all. (laughs) (laughs) 
like ever since nominations it's like it's just Kate or Michelle mm-hmm. still I do I think the only part of this race all season that I disliked was that 99% of the wins have been consolidated by the two of them when there were so many great lead actress performances this year and I really did expect you know, those like 400 regionals to spread the wealth a little bit more, but they just seem content to be rubber stamping either one of them. Yeah. Like I expected Danielle Deadweiler to win a lot more, especially mm-hmm. given how much film Twitter loved that performance. Several of them are part of some of these groups too. And yeah, I, I never expected any of them to award Michelle Williams in lead because they were so upset about her going lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that was never happening with Anna since they all hate blonde so yeah so I guess like it is nice we have a competitive race but I expected you know a greater spread of wins throughout the season Mm -hmm. the critics awards all right our last category best picture we just had to save the big one for the end even though we know the outcome I think yeah Our 10 nominees this year, we had All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. We all have Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yes. There's just no consensus runner-up. That's what it is. There isn't a number two. I think I still have Banshees in two, but I don't even know if it's number two. And I guess you you can make the argument that all quiet is number two but i don't think it'll be as big here as it was in, like with bafta mm-hmm. you know like maybe it's top five but i mean it, it's missing acting directing and editing <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe it could have made one or two of those with a little bit more time but i just i don't think it's gonna beat it on a preferential ballot and i think people were worried if everything everywhere could perform on the preferential ballot, I was like, I just don't know what it's will beat it. I think like PGA people thought like Top Gun, um, sure, but like that's not gonna happen here, <laughs> even if it did win PGA. So yeah, I think it's just the best movie of the year too. When we think about it in those terms, it's the one that's stuck around the longest. It's the one that most people are talking about. We always talk about like oh, we want to know the numbers, we want to see the ballots, like what was where. More than wanting to know maybe like the margin of what it'll win by, I want to know what's two and three, especially number three, because I think Banshees is holding on and I don't necessarily think All Quiet is in either of those spots. So I'm curious if it's Tar, if it's the Fablemans, if it's Elvis, and I don't really think it's Top Gun either. I don't want to entertain that. Well, isn't the rule that if you get a number enough number one votes on the first round, that's it with a preferential ballot? You need like 50 plus one. Yeah. Like I never think a movie wins on the first round straight out, but I yeah. can see it winning on the second round. Yeah. I That's what I've been thinking. Like it's very few rounds that this one will take. Yeah. I don't think it's going to take a lot of rounds. Like there are some years where I'm like, this could take like seven rounds or something. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's as divisive as people might claim it to be. So I can see it having, you know, a lot of twos and threes. Yeah, this just feels like it's one of those years where it's just, it's clear. It's pretty easy. Yeah. And again, I'm just like, how many is it actually going to win? Yeah, I think my number is six. I would say five or six for sure. 
which is just wild in the expanded preferential era and above the line too the ones that win six like dune last year is just a tech thing and it's not winning best picture but the best picture Mm -hmm. winners have not won more than four since the artist wow like i can't see it losing picture or director or supporting actor so it's already got those three and i think Mm -hmm. it's gonna win more than three yeah i think so too well we will see in a week from today Thank you, Joy, so much for joining us again for our final predictions. As always, this was a lot of fun. It was so much fun talking about categories we're still undecided on. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Final in quotes. Yeah, so much insight. I mean, your quotes of knowledge from the beginning, not true. I feel like I'll be switching a few because of our conversation today, which is good. The shorts, those this year are just crazy. I feel uncomfortable predicting all three against the grain. But I feel like a lot of the people who are predicting these have not seen the, mm-hmm. the shorts and are just mm-hmm. kind of so like, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. Well, Joyce, let our listeners know where they can find you and your podcast. Um, I'm at Gold Derby. We have uh, me and Chris Rosen. We do our weekly uh, experts podcast. So we'll have our quote unquote final predictions on Thursday this week. Mine will probably be the same as I just said here. <laughs> Unless I really mm-hmm. decide to, maybe like I'll by Thursday I'll uh, be back on the Cape Blanchett train. Um, so who knows? I'll just alternate it, like every day until then. And um, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Joycing61. Great, thanks so much, Joyce. And if you like our show, feel free to rate, review, and follow. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Oscar Wilde Pod and at Patreon.com/slash Oscar Wilde for more bonus content. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time after the Oscars. Thank you.